Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining us today. As hopefully you're aware by now, we released our Q2 market outlook uh, last week titled More Conviction. And this is the third episode of a five-part mini-series, which we kicked off on Friday. Today, I have with me Abhilash Narayan, a senior investment strategist from the fixed income currency and commodities team to talk about how bond investors should deal with rising interest rates. Also, we'll cover why we've become more confident on the outlook for corporate and emerging market bonds, and also how Asia or China high yield bonds might perform going forward. So, Abhilash, let's let's start with, you know, obviously it's been a pretty challenging year so far. We've seen 10-year uh, government bond yield rise by around 1% so far this year. And obviously the, the Fed is projecting six more or, or at least around 150 basis points in rate hikes this year. So against that backdrop, sounds pretty bad for uh, bond investors. Should, should investors still remain invested in bonds or should they be reducing their allocations? Hello, Steve. Uh, admittedly, it has been a very challenging year for bond investors as persistent inflationary concerns due to the strong economic momentum we have been seeing and higher commodity prices have led to you know, a, a sharp revision in future rate hike expectations. And we've seen absolute bond yields climb higher. Now, conventional wisdom would indicate that higher interest rates uh, like the Fed is projecting should usually result in a rise in bond yields and a corresponding decline in bond prices. And hence, purely on that basis, it may be tempting to consider drastically reducing one's allocation to bonds. However, while we you know, clearly favor equities over bonds, we still believe it is uh, important to have a reasonable allocation to bonds due to two key reasons. First, from a financial market perspective, what really matters is the actual number of rate hikes versus what has been priced by the markets. And right now, markets are pricing over eight rate hikes or over 200 basis points in rate hikes over the next 12 months. Now, unless the Fed hikes by more than what is currently priced in by the markets, which would be quite extreme, we think 10-year U.S. government bond yields are unlikely to rise meaningfully from current levels. So, you know, with uh, 10-year Treasury yields being close to 2.45% right now, we think upside is limited. And in fact, we think that over the next 6 to 12 months, they may decline a bit towards 2 to 2.25% range. But, you know, we do acknowledge there's some upside risk. The second reason is, uh, you know, five-year government bond yields are now higher than 10-year government bond yields. And classically, that's a, a signal from the bond markets that they are concerned about a growth slowdown in the coming future. Now, while the 10 stools curve, which is a widely followed recession indicator, has not inverted yet, you know, it has declined sharply in, in the last few months. That, along with the persistent inflation we have been seeing, has clearly increased the risk of a stagflation. Now, on our end, stagflation is not a base case scenario, but, you know, historically, if you look at it, bonds have significantly outperformed equities during such an environment. So, you know, from an asset allocation perspective, we think having reasonable allocation to bonds is important as a hedge. Yeah, and, and and I was talking to Rajat about stagflationary environment on on in the Monday podcast. So I think you know the key thing that seems to be missing is at the moment is that the labour market remains very strong, right? So we're, that's a key factor that we think stagflation is probably not going to occur at this stage. Um, 
Okay, so so interesting uh, sort of backdrop. It's not that you're suggesting people should go and buy U.S. government bonds or German bunds, etc., right? So you've upgraded your allocation to uh, credit or corporate uh, bonds to to neutral from underweight, and you've also turned bullish on EM U.S. dollar government bonds. So can you give us some thoughts as to why why those changes have been made? Absolutely. Now, if we start at basics for bond investors, assuming there are no defaults the yield or the coupon on offer at the time of entry is the most important long-term con- contributor to return for bond investors, right? So if you look at corporate and emerging market bonds, we have seen the yield premiums and the absolute yields rise quite substantially. You know, it's been due to a combination of weaker risk sentiment, especially since uh, the start of Russia-Ukraine conflict, as well as rise in yields because of the Fed expectation. But if you look at uh, the current yields on offer, For a number of areas, the absolute yields are are quite close to the highest levels we have seen since 2010. So overall, we see a a lot better value being offered by corporate and emerging market bonds today as compared to start of the year. And hence, we think, you know, upgrading them to a neutral allocation is something that that makes sense. Now, if we shift our focus to emerging market U.S. dollar government bonds, they too have seen a a sharp rise in the yield on offer. And today they offer close to 7%. Uh, Obviously, this has been driven by uh, an increase in government bond yields and credit spreads Uh, and emerging market US dollar government bonds have seen, uh, you know, credit spreads increase quite sharply because, you know, of their exposure to Russian bonds as well as as weak risk sentiment. Now, as we know, um, Russian bonds would be uh, removed from a lot of these bond indices uh, going forward. So that should uh, reduce the investor exposure to that market. Uh, secondly, if you look at, you know, at an aggregate level, emerging market countries are net exporters of commodities. Uh, we've obviously seen a sharp rise in oil prices and prices for several other metals. And hence, we think that, you know, overall, that should benefit EM countries uh, at, at a headline level. Now, certainly there will be some uh, importers, uh, especially in Asia, which would be uh, somewhat negatively impacted by, by higher oil prices. But for most of these countries, uh, you know, we think that, uh, Uh, They should be resilient given that FX reserves for a lot of these countries have improved over the past five, seven years. And hence, we believe that uh, emerging market countries as a whole are in a much stronger position as compared to uh, the last few years. Uh, Lastly, if you look at uh, vaccination rates and the threat of COVID, obviously, uh, those things seem to be going in the right direction. Uh, And hence, we think that we could see a growth catch up happening in a lot of EM countries as well. So, you know, given the current valuations, our expectation of largely stable to lower U.S. government bond yields, uh, we think EM bonds uh, offer an attractive risk reward. Okay, well, you know, I can't let you go without talking about uh, um, Asian U.S. dollar bonds or China high yield, etc. Right? I mean, clearly, we've seen. I mean, we talk about volatility; that means weakness, right? So, we've seen significant weakness coming through in Chinese equities, but also in China high yield bonds. I mean, if I look at my own portfolio, uh, that's certainly the one that's been hit the most. So, uh, looking forward, are there any signs of a turnaround for Asia U.S. dollar bonds? Obviously, especially those high yield bonds which have been beaten up quite badly. Well, uh, absolutely. Like you rightly pointed out, uh, Asian dollar bonds haven't been left untouched by the weakness we've seen uh, in global bond markets. But within Asia, we see a clear divergence in performance. So if you look at the investment grade rated component of Asian dollar bond market, uh, and that's 80% of the universe, 
they have been far more defensive than even U.S. Uh, investment-grade corporate bonds or even government bonds as far as total returns are concerned. So, you know, despite the fact that higher oil prices may be a negative for China, India, and Philippines, we think the robust uh, underlying growth momentum and sizable FX reserves should mean that uh, IG bonds continue to perform broadly okay as far as Asian dollar bonds are concerned. High yield bonds, on the other hand, obviously have posted a uh, you know double-digit negative returns, uh, largely driven by the continued underperformance of Chinese high yield bonds. Now, we've seen Chinese authorities take multiple small steps in an attempt to uh, stabilize the real estate sector, but clearly, judging by the market reaction, they have fallen short of what the markets want or what's required. Now. Given the uh, you know persistent uncertainty around uh, the government policies, is not only in real estate sector but also technology sector. We've seen a broad-based sell-off uh, in other sectors in Chinese high bonds as well, such as gaming and industrials. And as a result, over 40% of Asian high bonds are now trading below a price of 60, and that's largely driven by Chinese issuers. Uh, but given where prices are today, we see very little. Uh, we see limited downside for Asian high bonds. Uh, and if you know, if you look at the recent comments from Chinese Vice Premier, uh, they seem to be quite supportive. And if they are backed by concrete measures, that actually could act as a catalyst for potential outperformance of Asian high yield bonds. Okay, um, thanks, Abilash, for sharing your thoughts on how to manage the rising interest rate environment. That's all we have time for today. Uh, thank you, listener, for joining us, of course. Uh, without you, it wouldn't be worth worth our time. Uh, on Wednesday, Fukien will be uh, joining me to discuss the outlook for equity markets. I hope you'll be able to join us. With that, let me bid you farewell, and please stay safe and take care. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.